this is Willis Abar. This is the Truth in This Art podcast with Rob Lee. Hey, welcome to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And my next guest is a digital creator, founder, and principal at Luck and Hustle PR, a DC-based public relations and social media company, proudly serving the beverage and hospitality community as well as nonprofits. Please welcome Alyssa Bonk. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those, like, as I spend a little bit more time connecting with folks in D.C., your name has been coming up, your pictures have been coming up, seeing great things that are happening. So I thought I'd reach out and we're here now. What specific friends do we have in common? We, we'll, we'll, dis- we'll discuss off mic. It's, it's people who are in the scene, you know, it's just I'm still trying to trying to get out there and... You know how it goes when people have like, that's my social media name. It's like, you know them probably more personally. <laughs> <Yeah>. Gotcha. <laughs> so thank you again for joining the podcast. And before we get too deep, too embedded in the the conversation, I, I want to start off with like asking you about like, you know, what was it like growing up? What's the, what's the Alyssa story? And ultimately what led you to the career that you're in now? That is such a complicated question sometimes because um, I was born in South Korea uh, and I was adopted when I was three months old. So I grew up in Delaware on a 15 acre horse farm, um, training dressage horses uh, my entire life. Um, So my parents are Polish and Italian. And um, I, maybe it's because I was adopted that I always gravitated towards international affairs and different languages and different cultures. So I really wanted to go into international affairs. I really wanted to be secretary of state. And so that led me to George Washington University for college. I uh, went to their Elliott School for International Affairs. Mm -hmm. Uh, I worked in politics. I worked in um, political fundraising for a long time. Um, And then I also started out right after college. I was doing political fundraising, but also doing international political development um, for the International Republican Institute. So within that organization, they do a lot of training in developing countries Um, with these marginalized people who they need training on forming political parties, leadership skills, communication skills, and every movement in every country has a different need. So we were working in countries like Cambodia, um, on the border of Burma, um, and then also in, we were working with Bangladesh, uh, we even had a, there was a covert kind of program for North Korea. It wasn't publicized, but sure. um, those types of things. So I gained a lot of communication skills from that. And then also being a young 20-year-old, <laughs> a young 20-year-old, a 20-year-old in Washington, D.C., I was going out a lot, as to put it, <laughs> Nicely. Um, So I kind of, I liked to bar hop and have fun. So um, I I also was uh, working at Old Epic Grill at the time, which is a DC staple. It's very popular in the hospitality industry and among 
everybody who goes there really. <laughs> so um, I always worked in politics and hospitality at the same time. True. Whether it was political fundraising, international affairs, and either serving, bartending, managing, hosting. Um, so at some point, you know, some people can only uh, work hundred seven days a week, hundred hour weeks, mm-hmm. partying so every long. single night uh, for so long. So I made the decision to um, just stick to one career, doing one thing. And I just decided that I really enjoyed the hospitality industry. I feel like I could not sit at a desk staring at a spreadsheet, writing proposals one more day. I wanted to, I mean, the work was good work, but the way in which I was doing it, I was not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the people who were, who were promoted, they either went to grad school or they um, worked on the Hill. And I interned on the Hill when I was in college. I hated it. <laughs> I loved political fundraising. I loved the event side, but I hated cold calling. So I just didn't see myself going and working a campaign that just like was not for me. Yeah. Um, so I just, I said, I'm going to go get applicable experience in the private sector and the many ways in which the hospitality industry gives back to their community really inspires me. So um, I just decided to transfer my skills from politics to hospitality. Thank you. Thank you. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. That kind of shift, I think, it's at a point where you're you see that the configuration that you're in, it's like, nah, this doesn't work. It's not going to work for me long term. And you, you take what comes with it. But having a, I guess, exit strategy of like how you're going to go about moving to what that that next step looks like. Um, I was doing the the marketing work and chasing th- those dreams. And, you know, it's like, oh, if you really want to, it wasn't like a, a glass ceiling or anything. It was just like, yeah, I don't really want to go to that next level. I don't think this really works for me. And, you know, it, it's, it's this thing where it's like, oh, you know, you might work, you know, this many hours, you might get three hours of sleep and you might do this. It's like, this is unappealing. And I think at a point you realize that you have certain skills and what about that work that you're doing is of interest to you. And you're like, I'm going to take this piece and see if I can do something that concentrates in this area, but elsewhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I'd imagine with this, is, this is not a question that you had actually, which is really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd imagine with like some of the, um, you hear about different deals and different networking that happens in, in politics that happens maybe over drinks or over dinner and so on. So mm-hmm. how is like having that background and at least that knowledge base of, you know, how these sorts of interactions, these sorts of personal interactions can happen really have uh, maybe served you in your current work? Yeah. So actually that's part of what uh, motivated me to get into PR is because I had lived in D.C. for so long. I had bounced around between bars and gotten to know a lot of people and um, transitioned between a lot of different groups of people. So I found a lot of times people, you know, 
asking for connections for this or that. And I'm like, I should really, I should start getting paid for this. Like I should make a career out of this, (laughs) benefiting off of my social skills. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So without burying too much more of the lead, uh, (laughs) let's, let's talk about uh, luck and hustle PR a little bit. Can you tell us about the mission and, and ultimately what is it about, about you and your background that's embedded in that, that mission and how the, the, small but but mighty organization is structured so um i speaking of that i once i could identify what i wanted to do with my life um i was 27 and i was having this like existential crisis about (sighs) what am i doing what is my purpose um i was like going through the worst breakup of my, my entire life and so it was really like a sink or swim moment. Um, so I decided that I wanted to do in-house PR and events communications for like a large, uh, restaurant group, Mm -hmm. but because of my background in, um, management and working operations and every single aspect of the restaurant, I wasn't finding those positions available. Um, Nobody, people would hire me and they would say, oh yeah, you know, like we're going to hire you as a manager. And then like, yeah, you can like work in doing our social media or whatever. Um, But nobody actually would give me the, like, would give me the actual job that I wanted. It it didn't exactly exist, especially for somebody who just decided, oh, I'm going to transition from politics to this. Right. I mean, I didn't have a formal education in PR. And so I did not have as many contacts at the time as people who had just like gone to school for PR and then moved here and had had that background. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where it fell. And then I said, okay, well, no one's giving me the opportunity. So I'm just going to make it happen. That's when I got the idea for luck and hustle When I had a desk job, I listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, Adam Carolla's was one of them. Nice. (laughs) Um, And I distinctly remember an episode where he was like, you know, people always say, Adam, you're so lucky. You have so much money. You have this beautiful wife. You have this big house. And he is like, you know, maybe having the wife, I got lucky there. But the house and the money and all, he said, that was hustle. That was hard work. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, yeah, it's luck and hustle. Like you have to, I've known so many people in my life who are like, I can do that. I can do that. It's like, prove it, prove it. I like it. And they just sit on their butts and play video games or whatever they do. And they never do it because they know that they have the potential to do it. Versus somebody who maybe you can, you can kind of use a Tom Brady analogy. I'm a big, I'm a big sports fan. So I do a lot of sports analogies. I'm here for it. Say (laughs) that, you know, Tom Brady was not necessarily naturally gifted or born to be the Tom Brady that we know today, but he just had the hustle in him to be the very best quarterback that he could possibly be. He has the drive. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you're born with the hustler or not. Maybe that's 
maybe that's your luck is that thank God you're given this extra motivation in life that other people don't. It, it, it's one of those things where I, and I've heard it a lot where I can teach someone how to like, let's say do audio engineering and so on. I can teach someone how maybe to host something, different skills, questions, all of that different stuff, but you can't teach passion. You can't mm-hmm. teach that desire for someone to really go and dive into it. And when you're into whatever your thing is, you, you get a little crazy about it. It's just like, I am obsessed about this. I'm going to be driving after this. And it's, it is a, a hustle there. You're always working on the thing because you're driving towards a particular goal. <clears throat> At least, at least that's the way I kind of look at it. Yeah, definitely. So, and but I've I've heard I've heard a lot of different definitions of PR, and not all public relations are created equal, <laughs> and it covers yeah, such yeah. a <laughs> and, it, and it covers such a wide um, range of activities. So, could you, how would you 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 sum up like your approach to it for 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 those who know nothing about public relations? They're like, oh, someone had a you know, a, a release, an official release, a press release, or someone to just put something out there. I know nothing about it. So, so tell us about that. So for me, public relations is um, building, cultivating um, interpersonal relationships with uh, press and media. Mm-hmm. It can also be business to business. Within that aspect is, uh, is social media. But there are, as you said, so many definitions of public relations now but there, there's public relations and then there's marketing. And sure. so public relations to me is very much interpersonal relationships. It's about capitalizing on those relationships. So it's a, it's a hustle. It's going out, it's working the streets, it's being present, um, building the relationships with writers, now influencers, things like that, being involved in your community that you're not going to get from marketing. Digital marketing, just, you know, the emails, which is one of the most effective ways to market. Um, Marketing, advertising with like commercials. um, These, and we, uh, with Leading DC, we offer um, in-house marketing. Your, all of your in-house advertising um, so like the, the printouts, the flyers, the posters, um, things like that. That's also important because when guests come into an establishment, it's great to have placement. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to need marketing within the, some of the structures that public relations gets, gets you. So it's, it's all interrelated, but... Yeah. Yes. Public relations to me is very much interpersonal relationships. It's more, it's, I know I've already said this a million times, but it's personal than just like a flyer or a commercial. Like I tell people when it comes to social media, don't put flyers or graphics necessarily. Don't use those as your static posts in Instagram because those get such little engagement Mm -hmm. with social media. You're, changing hearts and minds your social media is an extension of your brand Mm -hmm. so if i'm a bar i'm going to make my social media an extension of the feeling that of the environment that you feel when you come into that bar um that's why branding is so important so 
Does that kind of? No, it does. It does. It. I think. I think you've helped out several people that are going to be listening to this. It's like, yeah, stop having any static pictures of here's your logo. Okay, next post. I I do that, so I need to clean that up. Thank you for the tip. Thank you for the tip. (laughs) (laughs) If you will, why is it important for for companies for brands to to actually? Because it sounds like it's diversifying. It sounds like it's it's strategy around it. Why is it important for companies and brands to to have like a, a use for and a presence within uh, public relations? Like having someone that's kind of managing that, or having a team that's managing that. Why is that important? Yeah. So I always tell people um, first and foremost, we'll use my specific situation as an example. When I talk to clients who don't understand why we use influencers or social media or PR, I always let them know in a city like Washington, D.C., you have hundreds of restaurants opening a year. You can be the best place ever, have the best food, best service, best atmosphere, but nobody is going to care unless you put yourself out there. So at the very least, you need social media at, at the least. But you also need public relations because you're going to start reading articles and you're going to see people getting written about that you think that you may deserve the credit. So to just exist, you, that's where like the luck and hustle also kind of comes in. Yeah. You cannot just rely on the fact that you're talented, unfortunately. Not when there are other businesses that are paying co- companies to amplify their voices. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because you can see, like I look at it from the, the space that I'm in, you can see that it's kind of like a log jam. It's like everyone has a jerky podcast that comes out talking about whatever most recently happened. And you have some people who have like this niche thing, but when people are kind of competing to get it out first, the quality starts to go down. And, you know, then you see, I'll never be able to compete with uh, a Joe Rogan. I'll never be able to compete with this or that because there is a lot of. I could if you did it the right way. This is true. This is true. But there is this extra oomph behind it with some of these uh, non-independent ones. And I think people don't really develop a a strategy or what have you, let alone having someone to kind of handle like the public relations affairs and do some of that hustling for them and do some of that work that you're very equipped at doing. (laughs) And I think that that has to be a part of the mix. Yeah. And I, you know, with everything, I always tell people that you can put yourself out there. You can have people doing your social media, but you can't just put post anything. Mm-hmm. And when you are pitching or writing press releases, you always have to ask first and foremost, okay, I'm having this event. Well, why does everybody, why should everybody come to this event over yours? Um, you know, there are, I represent one of the best nightlife places in the city. Well, a couple of them. And, uh, you know, you have to look at the, you have to look at the pitch and why, why, why would I say something like that? Um, So you just need to make sure that everything you're doing is strategic and not putting every single thing out there because at some point, if it's not, doesn't have that extra oomph, then at some point it just becomes lost and then everything you put out is going to 
get lost because that's what they're going to come to expect from you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of people are self-taught and being able to get gems like you're dropping so far uh, will, will help out folks because, um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm an analyst in my, in my day job, as I was telling you before we got started. So when I see a post and my background was in marketing early on, so I see a post, I'm like, all right, why did this do better than that? All right, let's have more of these. Let's show what's this. Let's do some persona research. What does my brand represent to people who are engaged with my content? And mm-hmm. as an extension of it, since I'm very closely related to the brand, what do I represent? And is there overlap? Is there correlation? And really getting into the weeds, that's that's the thing that I like. And and if I were to bring on someone, hire someone, which which I have and which I, I do, this is what I think we should do. What do you think based on and coming with something, you know, versus just I know nothing. Have at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what really excites you about public relations, the the industry, your day to day, just different projects and different clients you've had? What really excites you about public relations? I love that it's a never-ending hustle. Uh, you definitely have to be in the streets and um, putting yourself out there. And one of my favorite shows um, is Entourage. I know some people are going to be like, "Ugh, that show," <laughs> but um, I'm really into that cause and effect and. I'm, I'm into that grind that is PR. I mean, I only work with people that I get really excited about. And if I'm not excited about them, I can't work with them. So, you know, so to be working with the best food and beverage programs, I mean, growing, growing up on a 15 acre horse farm, I think I cannot believe this is my life. Sometimes <laughs> I get to work with some of the most talented people in their field. And uh, that really jazzes me. That really, that really gets me going. And to say, to see them grow and to get the placements and the recognition that they deserve, they're, they're like my, my children. They, it makes me, I'm just like a proud mom. I, I just love them. So that's, that's great. That's really, that's really cool. Um, I, uh, I do consulting now and helping people kind of grow podcasts and helping brands and such since I've been doing this whole thing for more than a decade. And I, I, have, a, I have a friend who's, who's um, relaunching his podcast and all of that stuff. And I put on that kind of consultant hat and he had asked me, he's like, why do you want to help me? He's like, why do you like helping other podcasters out? And I, and I, I have two responses. I was like, there's a lot of bad podcasts out here and I'm doing my job to clean it up. And secondly, I, I get a lot of energy seeing someone be able to realize like that, that just realize that journey and get the same or somewhat of the same energy I get from being able to express myself using this medium. And that that's the thing that really gets me. And when someone launches something, they're really good at it and is successful at it. I feel like a proud papa. I was like, yes, I've helped you. And now go forth and do your thing. Yeah. And I mean, some people that's just ingrained in them. I mean, I want everyone to be their best self. And I just like, I'm like the world's biggest cheerleaders. I just, and I call myself a FOMO creator because I'm just like creating all of this fear of missing out. Like don't miss this bar. You're going to miss this great experience. Don't, Don't miss this restaurant. You're missing like the best food you've ever tasted in your life. 
And that stuff just excites me so much. And when it's coupled with the fact that many of the businesses that I work with, they give back to their community. They have all in the last six months held some type of fundraiser for issues that are very important. They give back to their communities. And I, like I said before, that's why I wanted to transition my skills to the restaurant, the hospitality industry, because these are where the mover and shakers are. Absolutely. I had, I think I have, I think I have an answer to one of these questions. So I'll already take it out because I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing hustle. I'm hearing like, look, I get jazzed about this. So I don't even need to know what it reveals about your personality. I think I got it. <laughs> but so I'll ask you this one. Um, you know, this is more of kind of this, this wrapping up of the, the, the real portion of this uh, interview. And, you know, we look for advice, we look for more gems and you've dropped many of them. Um, what would your advice be for, you know, female founders, CEOs at the beginning of their like entrepreneurial journey that are like, I'm doing something, but I know I have another skill set that I can apply and go out and do it in a different way. Kind of in that spot that you were describing earlier, what advice would you give them? Yeah. So this, um, is like my favorite question. (laughs) I would say, first of all, identify what it is you actually want out of life out of your work-life balance, if you care about having a work-life balance, um, figure out what you want to do, make a plan, and then set goals for yourself and then stick to that. A lot of people have, they, and a lot of young women who I talk to, I'm 36 and I talk to a lot of young women in their twenties and they're like, I hate my life. I hate my work. I, And I just tell them, I said, ask yourself what you want to do with your life and then do that. Um, It's very hard. It's also hard if you've already kind of have a job that you hate, but you make really good money. (laughs) And so I have to say, like, there was a time when I did not have enough money in my bank account to even take an Uber anywhere. Like I couldn't leave the house because I didn't have money. I was living on a friend's couch for a minute. So I'd have to say like to pursue a life that you really love, be mentally prepared to like be uncomfortable sometimes, but know that when you're doing something you really, really love and that you can't get enough of, First of all, your life is always going to be fun. It's always going to be like the best day ever. Um, and you're going to make it. Every every successful woman I know, she just does what makes her happy. And she does it to the best of her ability or his ability. Um, I just think that you just have to commit mm-hmm. to, to your goals and then not get discouraged by what anybody else is doing. Um, We say this all the time, like people look at social media and they think, oh, that person lives this life. And I even get it sometimes with some of my friends. And I'm like, first of all, it's not as glamorous as you think it is. Mm -hmm. It never is. But also, um, if you use that as motivation, like that is the life I want to live. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm going to do. And that's the life I'm going to live. And it's going to be awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's 
I think that's where I think we'll, we'll stop down the real questions and I've got some rapid fire questions for you. They're, they're fun. Uh, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the uh, the preface that I give everyone. Don't overthink them. Don't overthink them. Don't overthink them. <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw out an easy one for you okay. just to kind of get started as a primer. Uh, what were the last three restaurants you visited? The last three restaurants I visited were Conservatory. Um, it's the rooftop um, cocktail bar and restaurant above Gravitas. Um, I had one of the best things I've ever eaten there. Their banana blossom um, poppers. It's sounds great. so simple, but it was honestly like one of the best things I ever had in my life. <laughs> um, so they're like jalapeno poppers, but with the banana blossoms instead. They're so good. Sounds great, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Kalsa. Uh, the, I did the tasty menu at Kalsa. It's a Peruvian restaurant in Blagden Alley. Um, amazing meal. Uh, I can't say enough about it. Um, Chef Carlos Delgado over there um, is doing amazing things. And then uh, the third... Gosh, I, I I know that I've like eaten at so many restaurants. <laughs> um, I can't even remember what the last one. Probably, I'm gonna go ahead and say this is not a real restaurant. This is just a good story, actually. Spend it. <laughs> I was in New York for a pop up that uh, my client service bar was doing with Manhattan, and afterwards we went to this karaoke place. I might get in trouble for this because it's kind of New York's best kept secret. But this bar, karaoke bar is called Upstairs Bar. Up, space, stairs bar. They have karaoke. They have a huge menu. The food is so good. I want to eat there like every single <laughs> oh, Okay. And then I went to Dante's. That was the other meal. That was the actual meal I, I had like last, last Monday was also very good. In the West Village, you're, you're, I, I'm, I'm feeling this, this kind of FOMO thing right now. I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk off mic. Uh, okay, here's the next one. Um, I got a couple more after this. Uh, how do you start your day? What's the first thing that you do? You get up. How do you start your day? Well, after I brush my teeth, <laughs> I, um, I play tennis. Depending, I either play tennis or um, I ride a horse or I do yoga. Um, it's just like starting your day peaceful is like the best way to start the day for me. Yeah, I, I start my day screaming like, oh, my God, bad dreams. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just night terrors in the middle of the. Um, what is a childish thing? Like, you know, it's childish, but you still enjoy doing it. Oh. Because we all have a thing. It's like some people are like, look, man, this is I, I love watching Disney Channel. That's just what I do. I don't know. I I mean, if I were being funny, I would say that the most childish thing I do is copious amounts of mind erasers. But that's just childish. That's childish. That's not childlike. I, I'll take that though. That's that's <laughs> actually great. That's 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 great. That that works. I think I think we've got that answered. So, so, so with it, uh, wine or whiskey? Wine or whiskey? Yeah. Oh, whiskey. Huh. Any particular type? 
Uh, Nika coffee grain whiskey. Yeah, we're going to be friends. We're going to be friends. We're going to be friends. It's my favorite. It's my go-to. If I'm treating myself, that's what I'm drinking. People come over to my house. It's like, oh, Rob's got that Japanese whiskey again. It's like, yep. I do. Don't touch it. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. mine. <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> so this is the last one I got for you. And we we are what we're into. Regardless, for better or for worse, we are what we in, or, are into. What is a terrible movie that you just love? You're like, look, I know this is terrible. It's not good. It is a bad movie, but I watch it. I sing along to it. I know the lines, the whole thing. I get, I have the director's cut, the whole thing. Bad movie. Um, God, there are so many. I like so many bad movies, actually. I like some of them. Um, I don't know. Is 40-Year-Old Virgin a bad movie? Were you the other woman with Cameron Diaz and Leslie Mann? And I know that one. That one, that one, I really, I'm, I really like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Forty Year Virgin is very quotable, though. That's a very quotable movie. It still makes me like slap my knee, laugh. That, that's that's the that's, that's the point. I mean, I'm a I'm a person that's really into movies, so I always like to get an idea of what someone deems as a bad movie and what someone's like. This is my favorite. I think too often we're attached to what our favorites are, but it's like, what's a bad movie for you? Mm. Ah, that's a bad movie. It's like like Catwoman is a bad movie to me. Daredevil's a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. So both of those on birthdays and in a relationship I was in, and I was just doing good boyfriend stuff. And I was like, why did I go to see these? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't now that I think about it, I guess I would say like made in Manhattan or like <laughs> that's a good one. Any one of you know, JLo, that's my girl. That's like my idol. So I can't I hate saying that like her movies are bad, but <laughs> They're not bad. They're just, you know, middle-of-the-road chick flicks. Like. And then it has the Punish name, too. Like, Made in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, and The Wedding Planner. The Wedding Planner is... <laughs> are you are you standing for a monster-in-law? <laughs> if, it's, if it's a rom-com, I, I'm there. I like it. Okay. That, 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 that's, that's, that is fair. That is fair. And I think that's, um, I think that's where we're wrap. Um, so I want to, one, thank you for coming on to this podcast. And, um, two, I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out, check out your biz, all of that good stuff. And thank you again. The floor is yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you want to follow me, uh, my Instagram handle is Alyssa underscore bonk. And um, my company's name is Luck and Hustle PR. So we are also on uh, on Instagram as well as Leading DC. Um, and yeah, our websites and everything are right in the link in bio. <laughs> <laughs> So again, I want to thank Alyssa Bonk for coming on to the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there are public relations in and around where you are. You just got to look for them. 